Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Have Failed With Me, Sam Vader, where this week, once again, we are back on the Attack on Titan grind. Now if you don't know, weekly on Sundays now, um, around 9pm, I do a live stream reaction on Twitch, uh, which is just Sam Vader Live, is, is the channel, um, reacting to that week's newest episode of Attack on Titan. So if you are interested, you want to come along and watch with me, obviously for copyright reasons, I cannot have the episode actually up on screen. Um, but I sort of tell you when I'm going to start, we all start together, or you can watch it beforehand and then just come see how I react. Um, and we all watch it and uh, we then discuss it afterwards. Uh, my thoughts sort of a precursor to the podcast almost. Um, so please do come check that out. Now before we get into the episode proper today, um, I will of course say that we here at Sigil Arts do of course stand with the Black Lives Matter campaign. It's a very important thing to fight for equality and if you want to support it, please keep the conversation going by using things like hashtag Black Lives Matter or hashtag BLM on social media or going to places like www.blacklivesmatter.com uh, to find out ways to support monetarily or non-monetarily. But without further ado, back to Attack on Titan. Now, this week's episode, and I'll probably speak a bit about last week's episode as well, although I don't really have much to say other than the fact that Zeke's up to something, don't trust him. Even though he wasn't in the episode, don't trust him. Um, and yeah, the, the bit where you find out the girl was the one that Sasha saved, that really, that sort of meant, like emotionally just sort of hit me. I sort of worked it out a bit before we found it out. But yeah, that, that hit home. Um, and then her conversation with Falco and Gabby about, you know, why did her mum have to die? And sort of, I think Gabby, as much as I hate her and will never forgive her for killing Sasha, like yeah i'm being harsh on her and i hope she has a redemption arc i really do i don't i don't want her to you know get shot and everything and die like i said before i've sort of come to a point where i'm like look most of the anger's gone i want her to have a good character arc and i hope she redeems herself but i will also low-key never forgive her for killing sasha because that's my girl um so yeah i mean to be fair all of the characters in this show are pretty much at this point either my boy or my girl um there are some I like more than others. Uh, one of my top three is already dead. Rest in peace, Commander Irvin, who I'll be talking about later. Um, yeah, I know for once I'm not just going to be talking about Eren Yeager the whole time. Although I wouldn't put it past me if I speak a lot about Eren Yeager. In fact, I will be because now we're moving on to this week's episode, the most recent one, the one where Eren. Oh, he's officially gone now, isn't he? He's um. Yeah, the Yeagerists. He um. Yeah, Eren's not not really with the Scouts anymore. Um, but in fairness, right, I, right, I know he or his followers, maybe from Eren's command, I don't really know, um, blew up, you know, Premier Zachary and stuff. Genuine question to anyone listening right now, was I meant to feel bad about that? And I'm not just saying this because I'm an Eren fanboy and think everything he does is okay. Like, genuine, was I meant to feel bad that Premier Zachary got killed? Like, he's not a good person. He's not. He, he did awful things to the previous government, and they weren't good people either, but you don't do the fucked up shit that Premier Zachary did. And then then he's the one basically responsible for locking Eren up as a caged animal. And this is where I think me and Pharaoh both agreed on this. Um, Pharaoh, <coughs> really sorry, I forgot something stuck in my throat. Pharaoh, by the way, um, does a brilliant podcast called Pharaoh of the Opera, funnily enough. It's really good, and whilst normally it's meant to be based on history and musicals, and other things of our interest sometimes. Uh, it's been a lot of Attack on Titan recently, uh, so please do go um, check that out. 
and check out her other episodes as well. They're all very good. Even if you don't know anything on the topics, I've been finding them very interesting to listen to. Uh, so please do go check them out. Her Attack on Titan ones have been very good. Um, I don't want to sound big-headed, and this is not how I mean it. I feel like I almost inspired her to do the Attack on Titan ones. Not like, oh my god, Zayn's so good, I need to copy him. As in, I think I spoke about it so much that it made her realise that she can use her platform to speak about it as well. Um, and I'm really glad that that happened. I'm not patting myself on the back for that. I'm just really glad, you know, I'm enjoying hearing someone else's thoughts. And I say that as if I don't speak to her about it daily. Um, but it's nice to hear her thoughts verbalised and stuff. Her most recent episode was an apology to Erin Yeager. I really appreciated that one a lot, actually, because... <laughs> I... Erin's my favourite character. It, it, I've made that very clear by this point. Um, but she never really liked him. And don't get me wrong, I found him a bit annoying in the first couple of seasons. I didn't hate him, I never hated him, he, he was just a bit annoying and Vero backed me up that I sort of saw from the beginning where he was going, I, I could, I think I related to him so much from the start that I, I could almost see, foresee the future to a degree, I didn't think he'd turn this evil, in. I knew he'd, right, basically I knew he'd do, end up trying to do a genocide of some sort, um, obviously at the time I thought it would be against the Titans and then you find out there are people outside, then and you find out about Annie, and I'm like, oh, clearly there are people outside the walls, he's going to try and kill all of them, I was like, he's going to he's gonna go a bit rogue and try and kill everyone outside the walls, because um, they're his enemies and stuff, you know, because he promised to kill kill all his enemies. Um, so I sort of saw this coming, um, but I didn't see him going sort of this far down a dark path for it. Um, I'm not saying I don't disagree with the rumbling, I'm just saying I didn't expect him to... He... <laughs> He's gone a bit dickhead in the process, but I can forgive him and I don't blame him as... And Saffron doesn't... Uh, sorry, Pharaoh doesn't hate him anymore. Um, yeah, big surprise, I'm talking about Eren again. Woo! Um, sorry. I, actually, no, I'm not. I love him. Um, she doesn't hate him, but she's just sort of a bit... I think almost mortified at, you know, the kid he used to be is now doing these horrific things. It's not hate, it's more shock at who he's become. She's fair enough, but anyway, yeah, I remember she used to hate him. She sort of did a whole apology episode because she's now realised and really appreciates Erin and, you know, is at the point where she's like, I want the old Erin back. He needs to be sweet again. Like, it's horrible seeing him go through what is this mental breakdown week by week as he just suffers more and more. Um, so, sorry, so, yeah, go listen to that's a really long tangent to say go listen to Pharaoh of the Opera, it's brilliant, it's also on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, uh, King's Eyes Life. If it's a podcast place, it's probably there, and it's very good. Do go check it out. Um, we will have an episode coming out soon, we haven't recorded it yet, um, but we're going to be doing a joint Attack on Titan one, uh, talking about her favourite character and my second favourite character, Captain Levi. Um... By the way, her rankings as well, I mean, I might as well say it, because our rankings are very similar for our top three. So mine is Erin, Levi, Irvin. Hers are Levi, Erin, Irvin. It's it's very close, and um, I would say they're interchangeable, but they're not. Erin um, and Levi are both definitely top two for us, but she loves Levi too much for even how much she loves Erin to change. But it's a very different kind of love to how much I love Erin. And no matter how much I love and think Levi is the coolest guy ever, you know, I can't, we just can't switch it. It's uncompromising. But at the same time, we never try to convince the other that our rankings are different or, or wrong. Because, you know, I appreciate and understand why she loves Levi beyond just the she finds him very attractive. You know, it's say like, Levi's my number two. So I understand why she thinks he's like the coolest guy ever. And 
yeah, of course he can be your number one. And likewise, Erin is her number two. So she's like, yeah, of course I understand why you've got him as your number one. And she, like I know, she has feelings for Levi. She knows I've got a connection to Erin and that is why, without doubt, he is my number one. So I like that whilst our opinions differ slightly, we've never actually tried to change each other's opinions on characters in the show. The only thing I would say that, not necessarily to change it, but this is back in her age, hating Erin stage, would be, look, just give him a chance, this will change. And she she never used to believe me. Um, so, but once again, I still never tried to force her opinion to change. It was more a case of, I was saying, look, give him time, eventually you'll come round to him. Because I say, I get it. Like, at the start, I can get why people dislike Erin. I can. I just had a connection with him that made him just, just annoying to me at times. Um, but then when certain pieces of puzzles fall into places, you realise the nuance of what the bratty kid, I've said this before, was hiding all along. You realise it was brilliantly written all along, but I'm not going to retread that right now. But I'm going to keep, keep talking about Erin for a bit. I know I said I was talking about Irvin, but that's going to be later on, because I'm still talking about the most recent episode. And that is very Erin central. Um, yeah. So, I don't feel sorry for him breaking... Uh, breaking? blowing up Maria Zachary at all, um, whatsoever, no, because the thing is, right, the, the, the Paradis government at the moment, they're, they're dumb, right, so the reason the Paradis, the people of Paradis are supporting Eren, um, right now, is because he is the only one who has shown any willingness to act, right, the scouts are stuck between a rock and a hard place, because they want to act as well, they want to fight, and they want to, you know, defend their home, but they can't because the like the Paradis government have said no. Like we're gonna sort of sit on our asses for a bit and do nothing and try and work this all out. Whereas Erin was like, "Oh no, I've had enough of this. I'm gonna go," you know. And right, let's justify Erin's reasons for a second. So one, one very good reason. As you know, it's like well, the world was about to declare war on Paradis anyway. So Erin just thought, well, you know what, well, I'm gonna get there first. That's why the episode is called a declaration of war because it was Erin's declaration of war against the rest of the world, the rest of the world that was basically at that point in time saying, we are going to kill Erin Jaeger and all the people on the island. So that is Erin's way of saying, you can do it, but we're not going down without a fight. So that is, you know, first and foremost, the most logical and obvious reason for why he did what he did. And even then you can say, well, that's still not justified. He should have still waited. Okay, but think about it this way, Erin's plan, and maybe it was Zeke's plan, but I like to think that it was all Erin's idea, maybe it wasn't, but either way, later on down the line, it becomes solely, there's a part of it that becomes solely Erin's, and that is just genius, um, and proves that he's much cleverer than anyone gives him credit for, um, so, you know, if he attacks there and then, you notice he targeted the Malian military higher-ups, his goal there wasn't just to declare war, it was to cripple Mali, severely cripple their military that would give them at least, I think it was said in last week's episode or, or this week's, must no, must have been the week before, um, give them at least a six month gap to get themselves ready. Erin knew that if Mali attacked Paradis now, like right now when they were planning to, Paradis would have lost. As strong as the scouts are, as strong as he is, as strong as you know, their defences are, a full-blown war with the rest of the world, Paradis would not be able to sustain itself whatsoever. Especially with the uh, Paradis military government, um, with, you know, all the power they have now, because Historia has sort of just been um, 
left out of it because oh she's pregnant now and they don't trust her anymore either really um so with <laughs> he knew that Paris couldn't withstand an attack so what does he do he attacks marley first in a sneak attack very similar to what you know marley did all those years ago and they did a recon mission into the wall with reiner berthold annie and what was meant to be um marcel but obviously got eaten by Amir. anyway sidetracking slightly um he launched a very successful blow to the Mali military, which would have bought him time, meaning that um, Paradis would have at least a six-month gap to prepare themselves for this attack from the rest of the world. He'd be like, look, is this not enough proof now? We need to get ready to fight. Bring the fight to them, or at least strengthen our defences here. Now, worst-case scenario, though, this is the genius of it. Even if it failed, even if Marley somehow realised that this was a ruse, which Reiner did. Reiner's clever as well. And I think Erin would have known this. You know, Reiner's no slouch. He's he's a very clever battlefield commander general, you know. Not just because he's fought with the scouts, which would have helped him a lot, but obviously he's a Marlian warrior candidate. He is very good in battle and has a very battle-orientated mind. Erin Erin probably knew, knows this, or Zeke probably knows this, but I don't like giving him the credit. Erin probably knows this, and he <laughs> he's clever. He realizes that Reiner will see will probably see through this. But even if Reiner sees through the plan and says no, we need to attack now while they're not suspecting it, that still leaves Marley weakened. The Marley and the rest of the world's military have just been ripped to shit. So even if they attack now, which by the way, the cliffhanger at the end of the episode, they definitely are, because Peak, the cart titan, is on Paradis. Marley are fighting back, right, definitely at this point. But they're weakened, they're not as strong as they would be, which means Paradis can probably repel and fight back on the attack. So, it, it, genius what, what he's done, his plan. So yeah, he acted out of turn, but he actually just gave Paradis the best chance of survival. Because one way or another, they have got six months, or they got a weakened military that they could handle anyway. So, you know, that, that's genius. And then you find out that the Mali military, anyway, just want to go around... They want to test and try out the rumbling anyway. So why, oh why, on God's green earth, are you then imprisoning Eren Jaeger? You know, the one guy who can do that. You know the guy with the founding title? Yeah, that guy. What, why are you doing that? It's so freaking dumb you're treating him like a caged animal just like the military always wanted to do there was two members of the military that i think ever really saw him other than a test subject or an animal and that was you know captain levi and commander Irvin. levi was a bit more hesitant and you know but over the time clearly grew to trust him and they became good friends commander Irvin trusted erin he treated him as a human and that's why they got on so well you know, Erin felt very trusted and respected under the command of Irvin, because Irvin would give him responsibility and would let him trust himself. Levi proved that he trusted him on that first scouting mission outside the walls where they got attacked by the female Titan, because they literally said, Levi squad at the time, the current, that, that Levi squad, not the one we have now, basically said, look, if you want to turn around and fight this female Titan, do it, we're not going to stop you. But if you trust us, just stay with us and keep riding. And Erin obviously ended up deciding to side, like, I'm with you, and sticks with them and, and does it. And I think that's the moment Levi fully puts his trust in Erin, because Erin put his trust in them. Um, and from that moment onwards, definitely Levi started to see Erin as more of a human than just a titan shifter as well. And unfortunately, obviously, Levi is currently now 
babysitting the other Jaeger, who's far more untrustworthy, untrust and I don't trust him at all. He's got some evil plan, and Eren's going to backstab him, I hope. It seems like he is. Eren's very crafty at the moment. I feel like he's just using Zeke, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I told you, I'm going to talk about Eren a lot. I like Eren. Um, but, yeah, I just... It's so clever what he's done. And it's horrible to see that without Irvin there to stick up for him, the military are just treating him like an animal again, like a test subject, locking him up until they can want to use him for tests and stuff. And I get that he broke the rules, but you you were idiots for not acting. And the scout, I don't blame the scouts at all. Hanji's in a very tough space. I'm not saying she never saw him as a human, but above all else, I think Hanji did really see her in as, as a test subject. That's just her mind as a scientist. That doesn't make her evil. It's just, and even though she does still see him as a human, she's not as strong as Irvin. Irvin could stand up for himself and say, no, Erin is staying with me, I'm treating him like a human. Whereas Hanji is clearly a bit more submissive to the military government because she's she's less bold than Irvin. Irvin was a lot more willing to go out of his way to not do what he's told for what because of what he thought was best. Hanji's a lot more by the books, and that's nothing against her, but she's less willing to stand up to the military hierarchy, which are now basically the government. So it, it's a lot harder on her, and I'm not blaming her, but she's no Irvin, and that's that's not really an insult, because there's not many people who are an Irvin. I think the only other person at the moment who, and this is a very high compliment, quite frankly, I think is anywhere near being the next Irvin, is, is genuinely Armin. and. I don't think he's quite got the the dark capabilities of Irving. Like Irving was willing to do whatever it took. Armin is a lot more reserved and kind. Not that Irving isn't kind. That's that's not true. But you know, there's a very different mindset for what they are willing to sacrifice. You know, for for victory. However, Armin's, you know, said he's willing to give up his humanity before and he did that when talking to Berthold in season two and he's like they're torturing Annie you know he sort of became a monster himself so I think if anyone has the potential to be an Irvin it is definitely Armin and yes that is a massive compliment um but yeah I think without Irvin Erin's being treated like an animal and he's not being trusted and because he's not being trusted they've pushed him all away and he's now decided to act on his own and do his own thing with his now so-called Jaegerists and they're idiots. They've basically isolated and alienated their their only hope. And oh, not their only hope, they have Armin, they have Levi, and you know, they've got the rest of Levi's squad, who are all very good soldiers. I'm not taking that away from them, and that that may be a bit harsh what I just said, but leave Erin's their best hope at the moment. Their only hope to commit the rumbling if they need it. And they've just alienated him and made him feel like a, an animal they don't trust. So he's decided to do it on his own because no one trusts him anymore. The scouts are caught in the middle of it because they want to act as well. But they also don't want to be morally wrong killing some people. But they also don't want to go against the government. They're stuck in a really tough place. And, and so I can't blame Arian for the way he's acting. He's been treated like shit by the people he's fought for for years. Just because they don't trust him and they're a little scared of him. And and this is this is where we are now. And he's now made himself basically the villain. Like you know, they're not going to trust him after this. But they didn't trust him anyway. So what did he have to lose? And that is a sad reality of that situation. Um, but now would be a good time to mention that the sponsor for the week, as always, is Schmerp, who does brilliant um, designs, graphic designs, web designs. 
uh, for all of your needs so please do, do go to kingseyes.life go to the commissions area and do hit up Schmerp for some great designs he's great to work with reasonably priced and uh, you will always be satisfied with his work I'll also plug my personal twitter which is at VaderSaiyan which is a great way to keep up to date with my rants on Attack on Titan and any other fandom that I'm part of which is a lot um, and also follow the show's page, which is at You Have Failed SV, which is the best way to keep up to date with the show uh, when I'm uploading, when I'm not uploading, why I'm not uploading, and what I will be uploading about, which at the moment is basically Attack on Titan for the foreseeable future for all you Attack on Titan fans. And I know there's a lot because why wouldn't there be? It's the best show ever made. Um, ramble over. Um, yeah, so. I said earlier I was going to talk about Commander Irvin, and and I meant it. The first thing I'm going to say, one thing Pharaoh pointed out when when we were talking about last episode, is how the phrase Shinza Wusasagil was being chanted by the people um, outside the walls, which is obviously sort of Paradis's motto. Um, and it made me laugh because obviously I was just I was just there like yeah it's Paradis's motto Shinza Wusasagil thinking, and I had the song playing in my head. Um, so I was, I was just quite content and then I just saw the uh, comment in chat come up going how dare they use Irving's phrase and then I was like yeah I guess yeah and I was like yeah but it is, it is the motto of Paradis but then the more I thought about it I was like yeah it might be the motto of Paradis but Irving made it mean something and this is why I need to talk about what I need to talk about. And I was just, just scrolling through Attack on Titan stuff on Google, as I always do, after watching many clips on YouTube, as I always do, after watching some of the episodes, as I always do. Um, can you tell I'm obsessed? I'm also sitting here looking at my Survey Corps coat, cloak um, blanket, um, thinking I want to put it on, but I'm, I'm going to sweat too much because I have to have my window closed to record this. So I can't right now. But it's very soft, I like it. Anyway, that's me rambling a bit too much. Um, yeah, Commander Irvin. And I saw, I saw, a, I came across sort of like a link to a post or whatever it was. And I didn't click, click on it because as soon as I saw it, I knew I wanted to talk about it without talking about it. And, and it was um, episode, season three, episode 16, uh, Attack on Titan review. Uh, the con man exposed. And then it was a picture of Commander Irvin. And I didn't click on it um, because I didn't want to read it and then specifically start shitting on this person's video or written review or whatever it was. I didn't want to start shitting on their opinions and saying that they're wrong, um, which because I, I fundamentally disagree with calling Commander Irving um, a con man. Um, for, for many reasons, and I will go over them. So yeah, the reason I didn't click on the article and I've got nothing specific on it isn't because I'm lazy, it's because I knew I wanted to talk about it. And I didn't want to sort of have their thing in front of me and start shitting on someone else's work. You know, they've written their own review and I'm sure it's very good and very detailed and I hope it, people read it or watch it or listen to it, whatever it is, and I hope, you know, they get the, the deserved views. It looks like they put work into it um, from just this little cover that I saw. Um, I just didn't want to be the kind of person who, who who shits on someone else's work just because I disagree with their opinion, which is what I would end up doing because, as I say, I fundamentally, I, I do disagree with that comment um, that he's a con man and I don't want to take their arguments and pick it apart bit by bit because, you know, that's their opinion and they're entitled to that and I don't want to be the kind of asshole that makes 
content by going on lists of things that people have personally ranked and going, oh no, that's wrong because of this, or this fact's wrong because of that. I'm like, you know, I'm not, not that kind of that kind of person. Yes, I will be disagreeing with it and giving my sides of it, but I'm not going to be personally attacking this person's opinion. Uh, so I made sure I, I didn't look at it to make sure that, you know, I'm not being an asshole in that respect. I'm just giving my side of it. Um, so yeah, Commander Irving the Con Man. And to start with, I know why he said that. And to be fair, it could be a clickbait title. It very easily could be. And yeah, I get why he said that, because the whole idea that it's sort of revealed that Irvin was only really doing this for his own personal dream and, you know, was being selfish the whole time. Um, but personally, I do think that's wrong. It just... That doesn't Something about that doesn't sit with me. And it's not just because he's my third favourite character and I'm a big fan of Commander Irvin. It, it's really not. It's because he's not a con man, he's a leader. And all leaders have to have traits of con men. You know, they have to be able to convince you to do stuff out of your comfort zone you know, and push you. But the, the brilliance about Commander Irvin is he never forces you. If you look at his recruitment speech when he's first recruiting, you know, uh, when you see him recruiting and all the main cast join the scouts pretty much, you know, the, the people in the wing say, Commander, I think you've said enough. As Commander Irvin said, you know, are you willing to die? You know, three quarters of you will die over the next six months. And he lifts off these gruesome facts and the gruesome realities of being in the Survey Corps. And... And that's what a great leader does. He weeds out the people who don't truly believe. In scaring them, he has ensured that only the people who are actually willing to give their lives, who aren't afraid to fight and die on the battlefield, join the scouts. And that is, I think, something that's overlooked. And that is why afterwards, you know, he says, you know, this is a genuine sign of respect. Together we'll give our hearts. Um, yes, I'm quoting the English dub because I can't speak Japanese, so it's easier for me to just say the English version. Um, although I can say Shinzo Rusasageo, so I suppose I should have. Anyway, you know, that's why he says that. He's like, he says that's a genuine salute because he knows that these people who are still standing in front of him are the ones who actually have the courage and have the heart and have the drive to do this. He doesn't you know, for, for, for something like the Scouts Survey Corps to work, you need people who truly believe in the course because it is risky, it is dangerous. You are risking your life day by day. You are doing the horrible job no one else really wants to do. And for it to, for it to succeed, for you to be able to pull off manoeuvres, you know, that defy death, you need to believe in the cause you're fighting for. If you don't believe, you won't fight as hard. If you don't fight as hard, you won't win. If you don't win, you die. So Irvin makes sure that he gets the people that truly believe. That's why you get the likes of Mikasa and Armin. They're not just doing it for Eren. They stay because they genuinely want freedom. Armin wants to be outside the walls. Mikasa, okay, she wants to protect, protect Eren, but that involves protecting other people. You know, Jean, Connie and Sasha, especially Jean, who you know, he, didn't, he just wanted to have a safe life in the military police. But weirdly enough, it was after meeting Eren Jaeger that their minds sort of changed and they realised that, you know, sitting comfy inside the, the walls, that's not the life. If you want freedom, you've got to fight for it. You know, Eren's words echoed in all of them and Jean hated that about, you know, the fact that Eren got to him. But it, it made all three of them believers, not necessarily in Eren, but in what Eren believed in, in freedom, in hope. And it was that hope and heart that made them right for the scouts. And that is why 
that group that became Levi Squad survived for as long as they did. And quite frankly, Sasha should have survived as well. She had an unlucky death. It wasn't really in battle. It wasn't because of lack of skill or anything. She just she's got caught off guard in a moment where she wasn't expecting to be in a fight. And, you know, they became such good soldiers because they believed in what they were fighting for. And that is what Irvin wanted. He wanted people who believed. That is why the likes of him, Hanji, um, Levi and, and that lot survived for as long as they did because they believed. A key part of being a scout is believing and he made sure he got the ones that did. All the ones that, you know, were just glory hunters or just whatever he made sure they left and went to the went to the garrison and went to the military police he didn't want that he wanted soldiers who were willing to fight and die under the wings of freedom for for paradise and that's what he got so you know that's not a con man that's a leader but that's not even the end of what i've got to say because then you've got all the moments he was willing to risk his own life you know if if he was just a con man and he didn't really believe in the cause would he have risked his life for erin in season two you know, where, you know, a titan grabs him, like bites him in the arm and starts dragging him off. And he tells those men to push forward. At that moment, he doesn't care that he might die and, and lose his dream. He cares that Eren might die, and or they might lose Eren, and, and Paradis might fall, because without Eren, there was no chance. And yes, you could twist that and say, well, you know, he he only wanted to save Eren so much because Eren was the one with the key to the basement. And yeah, maybe, but... It would have been about saving him as well, because what's the point in saving Eren and getting to the basement if he can't get there, if that's all he cares about? So clearly he cares about something more. And you know, and then I think a big moment where you could, to be fair, argue that he cared more about his dream than, than what he preached, as it were, is, is when he decided to join the operation to retake all Maria. Because you can make, and I will admit, you can make a very strong argument that, you know, in his state, only having one arm, he was unfit for battle. Levi commented on that himself, that Irvin insisted on being there. Now, you could very make a very strong case of the fact that he insisted on being there for the sole reason that in being there, he would get to see what was in that basement. That's why he went and he risked the operation by being there as a wounded soldier. However, did he really risk the operation? One, he has proven that he can use ODM gear with only one arm quite successfully. You know, he even saved Eren in Season 2 with only one arm. Recently cauterized, by the way. Um, so he's not exactly a slouch and he even made it onto the wall. Two, Irvin's expertise extend beyond his ability with swords and ODM gear. He is a tactical genius, probably matched only by Armin himself, maybe. You know... His brain is incredible and his plans are incredible. You know, having him there to guide the battle. I don't think the scouts, and I'm not just saying because of his suicidal charge, even if you take that out of it, the scouts wouldn't have won the battle for Walmaria if it wasn't for Irvin's plan. He he saw the battlefield from on top of that wall and he made a plan that meant that they won. So I, I don't think that he's being selfish there and that's just for his dream. Maybe you interpret it as that way and that's up to you. But to me... That is still a man who is determined to fight for the cause. And and maybe it's not. Maybe it was selfish and that's why he went. But I don't think he's as much of a liability as people say he would have been for going. And he clearly wasn't. But there is one, one I think, very key defining moment that shows that Commander Irvin is not a con man. And that is 
the fact that's his death. You know, if if he was a con man, he wouldn't have had doubts. He would have just said, no, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to retreat to fight another day or I'm going to send the recruits in on their own. Or, you know, you can go in charge of them, Levi, and I'm going to go and take down the beast. But he didn't. He doubted. <clears throat> he he was caught at a crossroads between do I do I do I save myself and go for my dream or do I do what's best for humanity <clears throat> and this is obviously the moment that people think makes him a con man because he reveals that you know he's led all these people to his death and what he really wants is a, is a selfish goal and that's fine but he's not a con man because he still practiced what he preached and he still believed in the cause he just had a dream as well his own personal dream you know Eren believes in fighting for the Scouts and against the Titans, but he's got a personal reason for being there, it's to find freedom. Armin believes in fighting for it, but he's got a personal dream. Seeing the ocean, Mikasa, personal dream, saving Eren, you know. They all have their own personal reasons for fighting, but they still believe in the cause, and Irvin proved that in his death. As I say, he wouldn't have questioned whether he should die or not. He would have just, if he only believed in his dream and didn't really believe in the cause, he would have said, no, I'm not going to kill myself. But the fact he questioned it, the fact that he thought of all his previous, like, you know, all his fallen comrades and said, you know, they're, they're wondering what happened of the hearts they gave. That shows a man that truly believes in the cause. And the fact that, you know, okay, Levi made the decision for him, but that doesn't matter. You know, Levi could have made a decision and he could have gone, no. But he didn't. He still made that suicidal charge. He was terrified. You could see it in his eyes and hear it. His speech was brave, but as he charged, you could hear it in his voice. You could see it in his eyes. Irving was afraid. He didn't want to die. No one wants to die. But he still made the charge because above all else, he believes in the cause. Give your hearts. You know, that's what he believed in that was more important than his dream in the end to the point where his final words quite frankly were thank you levi he thanked levi for for telling him to do it and that's for a myriad of reasons you know it's not just for that it's for releasing him from the world and whatnot but at the end of the day i, I can't see any other way of seeing that other than a man who believed you know that his life could make a difference he, he I can't stress enough that if he was the con man people say he is, because it's not just this article or video or whatever that said it, other people have, you know, questioned Irving because of it, but if he was really the con man that he, that people say he is, he, he wouldn't have died, he wouldn't have, if all he cared about was that basement, he would have found a way to get away from it, or sneak to that basement now on his own, it, it's that simple, you know, that's, that's all it is, but no, Irving chose Levi chose for him but to die he he laid down his heart he gave his heart for the cause hoping that the living can find meaning in it and they can find victory which they did at that battle you know his life wasn't meaningless but he was willing to give it if he had to he was willing to charge into death for the cause giving his heart he wasn't above the soldiers he fought with and you know, he he never would have made a soldier do something he wouldn't have done himself. He's not a con man. You know, he would have died all those other times one of those soldiers did as well, you know, if he had to. And that's that's Commander Irving, guys. He's not a con man. He's a leader, 
a very good one. One who's missed because the Attack on Titan mod would be so different right now if he was live. And I'm not saying Armin was a bad choice. Armin is an incredible choice to, you know, Armin's great. I love Armin too. But Erwin being alive, I think, would have changed the entire Attack on Titan game at this point. Um, like, a lot, a lot. And the whole world would be different. And, you know, I do miss Erwin. I really do miss Erwin. I love Commander Erwin. Um, as I'm sure I've made clear here, and he's not a con man. He is the scouts. He is what it means to be a soldier of paradise. Give your heart, giving up on your dream to make a difference and hoping that your life has meaning in that death, in victory against, you know, the people that are trying to oppress you. So Commander Irving is, no, he's, he's a hero, quite frankly. Uh, he he gave his heart, as so many others have, and hopefully, soon, those hearts will come to full meaning as the people of Paradise finally have freedom. Um, and I hope, for fuck's sake, Arian survives. I was talking with Pharaoh earlier. We we're talking about a um a scene. It'd be great. To, it's not going to happen. Basically, I found I don't know if you know Samuel Kim on YouTube. He, he's great. He does great like orchestral compositions. And I was listening to a few of them earlier, and I listened to his one of the first Attack on Titan opening, uh, Gurin no Yumia, right? And it's a brilliant opening, obviously. Jaeger! It's a brilliant opening anyway, but his orchestral one is brilliant. But then at the end, for like the last 20 or so seconds, 20, 40 seconds, whatever it was, he slips in a bit of Sasageo, and honestly, I don't know who does the, vo the vocals for that bit, but um, I did comment on the video, I hope I get a reply because I need to know who does the vocals for that bit of the video because they need to do a full recording of Sasageo because it was beautiful it's, it's a woman and it's absolutely beautiful it's quite it's not as intense as uh, the actual opening it's a but still powerful it's more moving and emotional and quite victorious um, and I said how great would it be that you know the series end or the big climax the because we know the final panel, and I'm still banking on that being Erin holding his and Historia's baby. So the big climax is the survivors from the scouts, so uh, currently, you know, like Levi, Jean, Connie and the rest. Sort of all looking out onto the sunset as this plays. Um, you know, as they're now free, they finally won, they're free once and for all. Uh, this this emotional version of Sasago playing that's quite victorious, they finally did it. They You know, they gave their hearts and won, but with like... Not necessarily the ghosts, but the images of the fallen around them. Irvin, Sasha, you know, all the others. Marco, can't forget Marco. You know, around them as they look out to the sunset. As, and, you know, as this victorious version of Sasagio plays, quite emotional, quite moving. They did it. They gave their hearts. They're free. And then it cuts to Erin, which is the final panel, hopefully. Holding his story as baby, you know is he is now free as well he finally did it you know he came back he he saved himself that he got saved from himself he found freedom he found peace um he now has a family of his own as well as his current family which obviously are the scouts um if you can still consider them family as i say it's just it was a beautiful piece of music and it won't happen obviously that they tend not to bring back themes as musical cues um unless you're Yu-Gi-Oh and Yu-Gi-Oh's Exile however I really like that ending when they brought the, the theme tune back um but that's just me maybe um but yeah honestly I think they need to that would be just a beautiful scene and even if they don't have the music I think something like that but you know the sad thing is Attack on Titans 
it's a lot more realistic than that and I, I, I'm being hopeful and it's very wishful thinking um, but that, that is definitely Erin's baby I'm sorry the fact that she goes into labour conveniently during the rumbling and oh we haven't found out who the baby is until right near the end of the season as if it's something important it's Erin's baby if it was some random farmer it wouldn't matter when it was born and it wouldn't be saved for the end would it um, so that's Erin's baby and it'd be great for that to be uh, the end scene I just doubt it because when is Attack on Titan ever that positive but saying that Attack on Titans one of its other key themes is hope you know those characters are very hopeful or at least they were at the start and it'd be nice to get that sense of hope again as they look out onto a sunset or sunrise even as as they're all now finally free and and the war's over um in some satisfying conclusion uh, but i guess we won't find out for a while hopefully it is a hopeful satisfying conclusion rather than a um really depressing one because i don't want to be too emotional i'm going to be emotional anyway I'm, i can't i the idea of saying goodbye to these characters gets me so upset as it is um, but who knows what the ending will bring um, all I know is that I love Attack on Titan and if you haven't watched it I really suggest you do as much as I've spoiled it so much throughout all of these podcasts um, you know these characters they've become real um, to me uh, they're very much real so watching them die is horrible um, I'm so emotionally invested in, in the show and in the characters and in the plot and what's going on to them so yeah it really does mean a lot to me and I'm, I'm glad I found this show and I'm glad it's become my favourite you know the best show I've ever watched and I, honestly I don't think anything's going to top it and my nose is suddenly blocked all of a sudden which is fucking bullshit but I don't think anything is ever going to gonna top Attack on Titan it's just it's done something to my life it's just gripped me it sounds like I'm crying but I'm even not at the moment because I'm trying not to think about the end. I've just suddenly got a really blocked nose. Ugh, it's, I hate that horrible sniffing sound you get when your nose is blocked. Um, yeah, I, I, if, I love this show. I love the characters, and of course, it hasn't failed. Erin, you've never failed. Commander Irvin, you have not failed. You're not a con man. You're just the best leader to ever exist. Yeah, I'm probably going to rank you above Optimus Prime. Sorry, mate. Your speeches are great, but you're not Commander Irvin. Um. Okay, maybe I can share best leader of all time with Optimus Prime and Commander Irving because the more I think about it, Optimus Prime has some killer speeches and then you've got that scene with the do, 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 you got the touch, do, do, do. So maybe maybe they're even, but Commander Irving is at least joint first for the top leader in fiction I've ever seen of all time. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, guys. I really do appreciate it. I'm really sorry this episode is a day late. I just, I tried recording so much. And I just, I couldn't think, I couldn't get my head on straight. I, I've had a chance to sort of clear my head today, uh, feeling a little bit better. So I thought I'd bang this out and get it to you uh, at least a day late. At least you still get an episode. Thank you so much for watching and I will speak to you next week.